Welcome to EdTech Adventures. Join us as we explore the role of technology, STEM, and creative play in education. With expert guests, we'll discover how learning is always an adventure. Imagine having a coding coach as you learn Python, a coding coach that stays with you as you go from grade to grade. This is what learning can look like with online tutoring. Today, our guest Ami will share her experience building and managing Code Combat's live coding class program. Ami Dave Patel is a mom, wife, and entrepreneur. She is originally from India and has called America her home for the past 22 years. Ami is also a South Asian community leader who is connecting youth with ancient cultures and encourages learning through human connection in various languages, arts, and yoga. She holds master's in business administration along with sustainability and computer science. Ami worked in various industries, which include healthcare, advertising and marketing, information technology, and ed tech over the course of the past two decades. Now, Ami is a founding educator for online classes at Code Combat, and she serves as an online instruction manager at Code Combat and oversees online classes, which includes hiring and training instructors. Thanks so much for joining our podcast, Ami. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Glad to be here. Now, let's start at the beginning of your journey. Could you describe a memorable education experience that you've had as a student? So I'm born and raised in the family of educators. My uncle, my mom, my grandparents, they were educators. So from very early age, I'm surrounded by educators. I'm raised in the family of 13 cousins. We used to live together in the same household. So when my mom was teaching my older cousins, and I was like, I wanted to learn too. And mom is like, come on in. It's like a Montessori kind of environment. And everyone was allowed to learn. So that was the first moment I felt like, hey, this is not just a traditional classroom. Education can be anywhere. So that was my first strong memory of how I started learning in life. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Just being with 13 cousins and having this open-ended <laughs> learning experience. That sounds great. So where did you go from there? Like you have several masters. How did you begin that journey? Absolutely. So in India, we learn with a British education system. And my first primary school where my principal, I thought she knows every single subject because whenever there was a need for substitute teacher, she used to hop in in the classroom. If, if it's a math classroom or if it's a language classroom or if it's a PE classroom, I was seeing her everywhere. And I was inspired by her entire personality where she was a go-getter. So I felt like if I wanted to become somebody in life, I would be like her because she was there. She was approachable. She was very kind. She was welcoming. So that's a very ideal image of me having that, you know, educator idealship in my mind, you know? Yeah, I had also a couple teachers like that where you saw them and said, I want to be them when I grow up kind of mentality. <laughs> but I know you didn't start off in education when you left college. What did you pursue first? So first I was in a chemistry undergrad program in India. And then at the time, new things were coming in. Steve Jobs was, you know, doing big discoveries. At the same time, Bill Gates came to India and collaborated with Bangalore uh, entrepreneurs. And IBM was big time in Bangalore, India. At the time, I thought, you know, world is changing. It's not only in books anymore. So I was fascinated being into chemistry lab. I was thinking about, hey, what exactly is going on in that floppy disk? What is that computer doing inside? What are those hardware, how it's made out of? So those fascinations started, I'm talking about 1998 to 1997 era of my life. And that's where I started developing more interest learning into computer science. Okay, that's great. 
And then how did you get into education from computer science? Because you then had a CS career. How did that transform back into an education path? So at the time, there were private institutions who were giving courses on Java and C++. And there was a, a child inside me wanted to learn what is going on in the computer. So I asked my parents if I can get enrolled there. And I was fortunate enough to have those additional classes along with my undergrad. So I started my computer science journey as a private uh, tuition. And then I thought, no, this is fun. This is fantastic. I loved it. And then I wanted to learn more about it. So then I was chosen one of the student from that institution to get scholarship to learn about art and multimedia and animation course. So then I went for computer science, animation and arts and flash and fireworks and Adobe. So that was something which, you know, drew me. It, it was a combination for my art enthusiasm and computer science. So like left and right brain combination was just, you know, going through. And that's how I started my computer science journey from my undergrad, after completing my undergrad. And then I wanted to expand and go and travel the world and go to different universities to learn. Ah, so that's how you ended up in the U.S.? Yeah, after completing my art and animation course, what happened, I wanted to apply that and see how much money I can make. So then I got a job as a, you know, a TV broadcaster. So I was broadcasting live news in India. And then a few of my cousins, they came here in the States to study and they were talking about the university and the education, the kind of opportunities. And I was like, yeah, let me explore the world. Let me go. Then I, I decided to explore. The first country I've been was London. I was in Great Britain. I was in London for a couple of years. And again, the passion was art animation and what goes behind the animation. What is the script behind Adobe Flash and how the animations were? Because Walt Disney was not only amazing to American kids, but all over the world. And I wanted to know what was going on at the time in the world of animation and education around that area. Gotcha. So then you went from London and then where did you go from there? From London, I got an opportunity to come and work in United States. So I came here on a work permit and I was working with one of the Christmas tree farm in North Carolina. So they wanted to create a website and bring their business global. They wanted to send Christmas tree all over the globe. So I was appointed to build the website and sell Christmas tree all over the globe. So that was my first job in the United States. And then 9-11 happened. And then I changed my career. I was like, well, now what, what do I do? Should I also have uh, some kind of a business and marketing background so I can be all like everywhere and I can be useful to any organization? So that's when I did my second master's with business administration. Wow. It just feels like you were just layering on skill set by skill set by skill set. <laughs> so then you went from business administration and then where did you go from there? I used to own my own business, quick service restaurants. And then at the same time, I also wanted to, you know, expand my knowledge into marketing and animation and also wanted to serve those local businesses who are seeking help. So I was helping them as a freelancer. And also at the same time, I've discovered after being a mother that, hey, being an educator is the most satisfying thing I could ever feel because when I used to go to my son's school or teaching at the local community park or when I acquired my yoga certification, I felt like you see the result instantly when you are teaching it. And that satisfaction was amazing. And that's when I decided that I'm going to be lifelong educator. <laughs> 
Yes. You cannot get enough of it once you have that first aha moment with a student. Right. And I just want to shout out like Ami-san is amazing and so intelligent. (laughs) And part of it is why is because Ami has really supported him throughout that journey. So now, okay, you're back in education. And then we've had the pleasure of you joining Code Combat, where we were leading our, we basically started this coding class program in the middle of COVID. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And so you joined us then, and now you lead our coding class program. So for you, what have been the key differences between teaching in person, just like you were working with your son and working in schools and teaching online, which was also a complete pivot for us as well. Yeah. So COVID taught us many things. And one of the best thing out of COVID is world is not as big anymore. It's very small when it comes to learning and you can connect anybody anywhere and learn from anywhere. So that COVID experience itself, when everybody, including my son and every kid on this planet was learning online through, you know, in different tools, like schools were online, teachers were, you know, putting things online. So that came, that already built that adaptability for every parent and student that, hey, I can be connected, I can talk, I can ask questions, I can meet my friends. So that platform serves so great, uh, that opportunity is like now a lifelong opportunity for all students and educators. Right. Yeah. So that's when I found that, hey, this is amazing. This is something what, you know, the education can be shifted for good when you are learning from this available online tools. Right. And I I know we've also experienced it's not an or like live teaching and online teaching. It's not an either or it's really an and like it can also supplement what kids are learning in the classroom in person as well. Have you had a similar experience there? Yeah, absolutely. I was invited to a couple of schools locally in past couple of years where I was talking about Code Combat and how other learning tools are helping those schools. And those educators were talking about, hey, when my student is experiencing any problem, they would go first and try to you know, find a solution at their own. And online tools like Code Combat, when we have a hints button on our product, that is giving them confidence that, hey, they can conquer certain things by themselves, you know, without bothering the teacher, because when teacher is inside the classroom with 15 other students, and that is a sense of accomplishment in that child. And educator himself, the teacher himself said that, you know, I love this platform because of multiple reasons I've seen that confidence boost in my students. Yeah. And I saw that I experienced the similar things. Uh, when it comes to teaching coding to my son or his friends, when I, I say, hey, this is the concept. I was like, yeah, I know the concept. Now I learn it. Now these are the things what I, I made. And that is just fantastic. You know, when they come in person and then when they call or when they meet me on Zoom, my students even, when, when I teach and when they practice and then next class, they surprise me. It's like, hey, I completed 10 games or 20 games. And I'm like, that is amazing, you know? <laughs> I know, like, and it's once they get that piece of confidence, I think you're right. They just become more proactive because they're like, hey, this is fun. Like, I want to own this. I'm going to keep running with it. Now, you've had great success, and I've witnessed it teaching kids with our program and also in other avenues. But now you're also training teachers so that they can teach online. So what are some key skills you've been focusing on during that training? And what has the experience been like training other instructors on what you've done? So online medium is a super privilege for those students and teacher. So I tell them all the time that first thing what we need is empathy. 
because we cannot be right in front of them or we cannot exchange those certain things that, which Zoom medium is not allowing, then what do we do? Empathy is like, how do you build connection? I ask my teacher to have those five C's. The first is connection. The second is critical thinking and then creative thinking, communication and collaboration. Those five C's, I ask my educator to have it all the time. You have to have those things included with empathy. Right. So when you have empathy, that builds a connection, right? And that connection goes on long-term student-teacher relationship. And that builds a trust automatically. And when trust is built, then things becomes easy. And student can exchange. I have a student who are with me since the day one when we started online classes. And they wanted to talk about everything, their soccer game, their tournament, their friends. And so that is a very rich experience for educator himself or herself, because it not only gives the personality of the student, but it gives an opportunity that how you are going to connect the concept, what you're about to teach with your real life example. And that can be really tricky because I know a lot of instructors, including me in the classroom, I sometimes will rush like, hey, I just come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about soccer, but we really need to focus on coding right now. But what you're saying is like having to teach instructors to just pause and say, wait, 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 this is also valuable information that I'm going to need to personalize the curriculum that I'm going to teach, right? Absolutely. Because at Code Combat, None of our instructors are required to put a time pressure on student or teachers are also not given a time pressure. So let's say if a student is taking their own time learning a concept, we allow them because then it's not a total experience because we wanted to provide that medium where, you know, communication is greater, connection is greater. They enhance their skills with critical thinking. And, you know, with the, those skills, they are building those algorithms, which is bringing more creativity in them. Right. And that applies to any career path you take. That problem solving <laughs> skill is so important. And I'd love to share that our instructors are around the world. I mean, they're in different time zones and everything like that. What has it been like managing that kind of team where they're, they're all in different countries, all in different time zones? What has that been like? Honestly speaking, this is the most powerful experience I ever had in my entire career because when you are connected with global pool of instructors, that means you have diverse team and that rich culture is coming into online classes culture. And that the rich culture is bringing uniqueness and it provides innate learning experience to our students as well. Do you have any examples of some instructors that have brought sort of their diverse perspective into how they work with students? Absolutely. So we have one instructor from Cairo, Egypt, and she is a phenomenal teacher. I am not afraid to give her name. She's Ishraq. And she has a wonderful perspective. She connects with the student in a very subtle level. And then she acquires all the information and then empowers those students with the different, different ideas. And not only she's teaching with that, you know, positive impact, but also she also comes to me and gives suggestion that, hey, what if we make this change for our student? What if we make this process simple for our other educators? Or how do we connect with our parents on a regular basis? What information they might be seeking? This is helping my students. So I love those kind of enrichment coming from our instructor. So right now we are about on the eve of Women's Day. And I'm very proud to say most of our instructor at Code Combat, they are from like a globally and they are women. 
They are diverse and they bring so much wealth of culture into online classes where, you know, not only our students are empowered, but so is the admin staff and an online classes team as well. It's great that you're giving them that ability to take initiative as well. And I've had the pleasure of working with Ishraq and she's helped us develop even some of her curriculum. So it's great to see how an instructor can transform even our base experience as well. Now you've mentioned a couple of times, like for example, you've had a student since day one, right? And so it's been multiple years. What has that been like? What are the benefits of having more time than just one grade to build a relationship with your students? This is a wonderful question because, you know, this journey taught me many things and especially for that student who is there with me from day one when he started, he was, I think, a fourth grader or fifth grader. He had no idea what is computer science and we were talking about storytelling, story building, doodling, and that's how we started our journey and slowly, you know, with the world of Ozaria and Code Combat, we progressed with gamified version and then then it's like, hey, what impact is it making into his academics? What he see from online classes, parents all the time reach out to me that, hey, because of your classes, I see this improvement in the sports. Because of this classes, I see that his focus has improved in his music class. Because of this, this is this is what's going on in his, you know, curriculum activity in the school. And I was amazed to see that, you know, the child himself has so much potential. It just needed that little spark. Right. And that's so crazy to think that you just started with, hey, I'm just going to teach this kid how to code. But now he's applying what he's learned to all of these other disciplines and activities as well. What has been the biggest transformation you've seen in some of your students from like that first line of code they'd done to where they are now? I remember one of my students, her name is Zoa. And when she started, she was a very shy girl. She did not want to talk much. And she is one of the four sisters. And whenever I asked question, she said only one thing. I don't know. I don't know. And when she graduated from computer science six in our home version, after a month, I'm receiving an email from a mom that she is one of the lead coder in her middle school who has developed an app for Alzheimer patients. That's incredible. That's amazing. From I don't know to an app developer. <laughs> that's incredible. And that story doesn't stop there. And now she's taking the entire team of coder from her school to global level. Her app is called Cortex and they are competing on a global level from that age group. What is she now like? Does she say, I don't know a lot or is she way more confident? How does she communicate now? <laughs> so she is not only a coder, but she's a leader of her group. And she's, you know, she is directing, she's empowering other coders and the middle school principal, the teacher, everybody is, you know, complimenting parents and parents are connecting me and, you know, giving me all the, that is the most satisfying thing of being an educator. <laughs> I know it's just amazing that she's passing the torch a little bit and it circles back to the whole, you know, now she has that confidence. She doesn't say, I don't know. That confidence has allowed her to become a leader, right? It has allowed her to make change in her own school environment when it comes to coding. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that story. <laughs> she just did not inspire myself only. She inspired others around 
It's like layers. When you open a student with the potential of layers and when she builds the confidence, she built the game development projects in Code Combat. She also built all the projects in Ozaria. We talk about, you know, what is cybersecurity? We talk about what is copyright. She is taking notes mentally and putting it all together and have a vision. Her mom is a doctor, but at the same time, she came up with this app idea when she saw her grandmother suffering with Alzheimer's and was like, you know, She's forgetting everything. I have to help her out. What is my superpower? I used to tell her every day, whenever I meet her, like coding is your superpower. Remember girl, coding is your superpower. And she's like, yes, I have a superpower. I can help my grandmother and others who has the same issue around the globe. And there she is, you know, she has her superpower coding. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, so inspiring. Now for teachers out there who are teaching in the standard classroom, how can they leverage what we're talking about here, this online learning, how can that be integrated into formal school programs and education programs out there? So online learning is so much fun because you are touching almost every area of your students' progress. And it is so easy and effortless if you see it. You also can teach and enhance on a personal level and you can also become one-on-one -on -one when it's needed. So I feel like, you know, the structure and the strategies which you are developing with your student with online platform is amazing. All educators around the globe should use the medium of online learning because first thing, it's sustainable. You are there all the time and you need it. I'm giving a recent example of my child who is doing a virtual public school for his advanced math class. And it is tremendous helpful. When I decided that, hey, he's going to do a virtual public school for math four, I was nervous, literally nervous. It sounds scary. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> and then the time went through. I felt like, hey, he's more confident because he has tools where he can go back and watch the video. He can go back and do the same exercise. He can reset his progress. He can do multiple things. And I felt like this is fantastic. It's not just one example or one book or one, you know, textbook he has to go through with. He has a multimedia interactive thing where there's an audio, video, example, animation, everything is involved. I feel like he's more focused. And it feels way more personalized too, right? Because I don't think he would be able to get this kind of content in the classes that are offered at his physical school, right? That's right. That's right. So I, I see the same kind of scenario in my students who are with me for long term and also my educators who are reporting me that, hey, because again, coming back to the same student who started with me three years ago, we completed entire Python course. And then he asked that, hey, can I do now JavaScript? I wanted to learn different syntax. Then we started with JavaScript. He was so confident enough. He was running the ship. He was the leader. I was following that. Hey, now what do we do? <laughs> That's so great. And the ability for us to just like toggle between the two. And I keep telling that too, is like once a kid learns one language, has that confidence, the next computer programming language they tackle, they're going to have so much more confidence and ease of acquiring that knowledge too. Now, I know we've also done partnerships and you've been heavily involved in just partnering with schools or partnering with after school programs. What has that been like? Yes, when we are working with our partners, some of the school which are in the area where they were serving the students from minorities or students from immigrant community, those students were part of those partnership program. And when they were in the classroom, it was their first time experience learning the technology course. And 
I could see the light and excitement in their voice. Mm -hmm. When they achieve, I was teaching Lazaria during that time. And when they achieve the first project, chapter one, when they achieve that, and when they design their first game, I was like, wow, that means I can do anything with this much concept. And I was like, yeah, it's just a beginning. It's just a baby step. You just learned the ABC of computer science. So think about it. Now you can do a whole lot of things. So now I was like, hey, hey, can I build just like how Siri is built? Can I build my own robot? Can I build a vending machine, which is, you know, giving me the choice of my things? And I was like, this is a great idea. This is just a beginning. And then one kid asked me, can I be the next Steve job? And I said, why not? That's a great answer. Why not? Why not? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's been great because I mean, like we said, we're from all over the world, these instructors, but you're able to go and connect with kids in these underserved communities and give them that extra push that they need. And I've been doing that too. We've been play testing in underserved communities. And when the kid writes their first line of code and I tell them, you just wrote your first line of code. Like you said, the spark in their eyes in that, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. their chest literally like lifts up and go, I did, I wrote code. And you're like, yeah, you did. <laughs> I get that experience almost all the time when I'm teaching a trial class and the student comes and they had never been to the real code, code kind of thing. They might have done different things. And when I say, this was your first line of code, how do you feel? And it's like, that was so easy. This is fun. I wanted to do more. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. I also wanted to talk to you about the Glow Fellow program, what we have, the positive impact our educators have made, because Glow Fellow program is fantastic STEM skills, what we are providing to teach and prepare for career readiness for those racial and ethnic groups who are underserved in those community. And when we are teaching those children, our educators are trained to provide extra empathy. Mm -hmm. And with that, that means the reward comes greater. When you see that a person who never thought they could do something, which, you know, they could never imagine and they have done or accomplished something, they come and they said, you know, we are so thankful. I never thought I could be a coder. I never thought I could, you know, create a video game. I never thought I could see the bigger picture, how my mom's phone is working or how the computer is working. So to see that or to hear that itself, it's empowering for our educators. And they come to me and they give me all the feedback that, hey, so-and-so student is doing amazing. Mom says she's more focused into her academics. The classrooms are going better. Her grades have improved. She's showing more interest into math because we are covering certain concepts in our lessons. So those are some very, you know, beautiful moment of online classes instructors. So I, I cannot, you know, stop sharing <laughs> about those things. I know. And just so for people who don't know, our Glow Academy, our Glow Fellows program is we partner with corporations and then also nonprofits so that we can provide our online teaching and also our coding platform for free to underserved communities. And they get these fellowships with these students, like you said, who don't even think of coding or a STEM career as an option. They didn't even see themselves, like you said. And so it's just so great that you're able to open that door for them so they can see, oh, this is what I could be. I could be the next Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are so thankful for Glow Angels because, you know, there were moments when, you know, for any circumstances, they miss an opportunity. They do not have the connectivity. The mom is not home. So their, you know, phone is not connected with the device. And then the next class, 
instead of our instructor were advised not to ask, why did you not show up in the class? As like, hey, how did it go? How can I help? So it's all right. You know, things happen. Life happens. Mm -hmm. So the kind of empathy, what we have provided, that built a long-term confidence and boost in those glow angels. We call it angels because they are angels and they are bringing so much light to our instructor team. <laughs> oh, I love that term. Glow angels. Yeah. And I hear you. You never know what they're facing, mm -hmm. but it's great that you still pause and check in with them. It's like a, a coach, right? You're like a life coach on top of a coding tutor. <laughs> so looking into the future, we're doing so much already, but how could online learning impact the future of ed tech? Not just what our online programming is, but let's think of the big picture. Like how could this transform ed tech and also the field of education? Absolutely. The sky is the limit, I would say. No location or time is barrier when it comes to online learning. So I feel like this can be used to enhance lesson plans for teachers. It can be used to hear the same material presented in a different way. Let's say if there's a YouTube video for that, or if the same material has a like a website or somebody is, you know, showing on a very efficient and easy way where a child is absorbing according to those examples given in that tool. So online learning, I feel like it's a new era's uh, learning. So if you wanted to go ahead in the game, you have to make your mind more adaptive for that online or ed tech era of what we are heading towards, you know? Yeah, I think it's not just for coding anymore. Like you said, we've done company trainings online, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything is online now. <laughs> According to my experience, it's not only, you know, for learning now, if you wanted to enhance your skills, or if you wanted to just uh, know more, where do you go? You have resources, you have tools, you find it. And then you see the difference, what works, what doesn't work. It allows you, it just gives tremendous opportunities, tremendous opportunities. Yeah. That's true. More choice too. Yeah. Yep. Those tools allow the differentiation as well, right? So like, hey, some students like a math learn in a different way and some students like math learn in a different way, the other way, then what works for your student and that is going to be the best for you. Yeah. You know, I was talking to my son that, hey, when I was a kid, I used to have the graphing calculator and he says, mom, it's, it's old fashioned. It's retro now. <laughs> and I was like, how it's, how it is retro. And he says, no, now we have Desmos. It's online and it's allowed by all the schools and we are using Desmos. And I was like, this is fantastic. I learned something new from you, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we almost can't catch up. Like you said, like the girl who is now just transforming and creating her own app at a certain point, the student becomes the master, right? Yes. And then the teacher is like, I'm learning from you. Yes. Like I'm learning from you on how you are teaching yourself using these online tools now too. So that's an awesome full circle moment right there. It is. It is because this is very fast paced. When you see the new generation where they are heading, they wanted to learn everything and they wanted to learn everything now. So in that moment, they also know where to pause, which are the best resources. And then I learn many things from my students that, hey, this is what is more trendy. This is what we are doing. This is what it's helping. So those things are just, you know, making me feel like, hey, they are, they have, they chose the path to learn from online mediums. So I think online learning taps into multiple learning styles as well. Yeah. We can just follow their lead basically, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Parents can follow students' progress and, you know, track what's going on, even though in the school medium, even though let's say if they are, I feel like I started 
learning in a very traditional way in 1998, where I felt like I wish I had this opportunity to learn. I might have learned so many things in those early ages, you know? <laughs> I feel the same way. I mean, I was Oregon Trail logo. So like <laughs> it's evolved far more than that now. Now, what advice would you give to someone? You know, we've outlined all the benefits there are for online learning. So what should they do if they're interested in exploring the world of online learning? What's the first step that they could do to try it out? So my advice would be to first thing first, you know, trust the technology because my generation, almost all the parents I heard that, hey, it's too much screen time. Is it good for my kid or not? So we need to trust the technology and choose the right tool for our kiddos. And when the technology skills are mandatory almost in every area, this is something what our future is flowing. So now we have to start with that online learning with different medium. So let your kid follow their passions mm. because when they follow their passion, they bring the best out of them. Yeah. Right. So online learning will allow them to customize their learning experience. So if your child is interested in learning guitar online, it's all right. There are plenty of mediums. If they wanted to learn different language or computer science language or the human language, yeah. allow them. Yeah. It's almost like follow their lead. Yeah. If they wanted to learn skateboarding. Skateboarding. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's true. And you can also learn with them, right? Absolutely. Because I've heard like you've had parents who just like sit and just watch the kid learn how to code and go, wait, I didn't know that's how you write code too. <laughs> I can give you tons and tons of example. I, I had one mom and she was sitting right behind the kid. And I was like, this is amazing. This is so easy. It feels like you are playing a game. I can do it too. Can you teach me? And the child was actually teaching parent after the class that this is how it's been done. And I think that's a really great mindset if you're just starting to explore because you, again, follow the your kid's lead, follow the student's lead of what they want to explore and we're together. You don't have to be the person who knows everything, right? Like Absolutely. you can explore the online learning together. Thank you so much for sharing all of this advice, all of this experience, Ami, we're so excited to see where our program continues to grow. Thanks for joining our podcast. It's my joy. And I always tell all educators in my team that, you know, you always have to remember the quote from Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. So we educators are responsible for the future generation. And when they are learned, they make better decisions to make our world a better place. So take that very seriously and be ready to make a lifelong impact on your students' mind and heart. And because education is a pious profession, I advise parents and educators to choose the right tool and trust the process. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure if you do that, your kids will be fine. Yep. They're going to thrive. They are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Ami. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. Thanks for listening to EdTech Adventures. Please subscribe to catch more of our episodes and leave a review to support the show. For more resources and info, visit us at codecombat.com podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Chang. We'll see you on our next learning adventure.